I know you've been sort of, well, phoning around or speaking around uh, to, to get a replacement for yourself. <laughs> I, I have, Recruiting. Chris, but I've not found one yet. <laughs> oh, but you keep going, Judy. Someone will come right. on. Um, look forward to that. Yes. And uh, we'll Excellent. keep in touch, because it's always nice to catch up with a, with a bird in fraternity, uh, particularly with so much change going on as well. I mean, you must have, I mean, we've talked about so much change in the last, what, a couple of years since you've been doing this, actually. Yeah, well, I've been doing this about six years now. And um, the, the biggest change, I think, is just in the sheer quantity of humans out on the coast in, in various recreational activities. It's, uh, I find that it has, it yeah. has increased quite a bit. Yeah, well, attitudes and all just sort of people just generally walking out, you know, out and about a bit more than they used to. Yeah, and you know yeah. what? In a way, it's absolutely fabulous. People have sort of discovered the outdoors. Yeah. Um, and and that's brilliant because that's more of an opportunity for me and my fellow rangers and loads of other people to connect people with nature and to kind of really get them involved and explain about the birds and about the seals or the wildlife, all these fabulous things that we have on the coast. And then, of course, to also ask them to behave in a way that we can coexist with the wildlife so that everyone can have a space. On the, on the coast. Well, that's yeah. it, because we all, well, I guess all of us play our part, though, really, don't we, in, in terms of wildlife and things like that. So we, Absolutely, you know, and, and we really, we planet. all have to. Yes, we share the planet in a highly populated area like the south coast of, of the UK. Um, really, the only way that wildlife can thrive, thrive is if we as humans create space for that wildlife. So sometimes it means a big old nature reserve and, you know, lot, lots of time and money, but sometimes it, it's just Something as simple as when you get to a site, whatever your favorite one is, look for the birds, see where they're hanging out, and just make sure that your activity doesn't cause them to have to fly off or stop resting, stop feeding, that kind of thing. And also, of course, if you're walking your four-legged family member, that they also don't cause those birds to have to stop acting naturally. So, some, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's not rocket science. It's a fairly it's simple common act. sense, isn't it, really, in it's, all of it? common sense but i think that sometimes when we have our sort of like i'm out enjoying my time hat on we forget to also take our we love nature hats on in terms of of the behavior that um you know we we should be displaying but i find most people are actually really great and Mm -hmm. love to hear about nature and love to do what they can to to help out that's it, and there's so much around here. But, uh, well, not just in this area, of course, but uh, going all the way down to the New Forest. We're, we're blessed, really, of, uh, and I guess in some ways we take it for granted, don't we? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, people are always shocked that I say that midwinter is the best time of the year to spot coastal birds. Um, it's sort of this, this perfect time when all of them have arrived and none of them have started leaving yet. So... Any given day on the Solent, there's 125,000 waders, ducks, and geese just kind of hanging out, doing their thing, and out there for all of us to to see and to appreciate. Because most people think, oh, well, the best time must be spring, or, you know, I get all the garden birds in, in the summer, and that's true. But for coastal birds, this is the time to be out, to see thousands of them. It's pretty fantastic. Well, it is, and it just goes to prove it, doesn't it, that we can engage with wildlife but and and this is all in some ways as bad as it sounds but thanks to covid well i know yes yes and Isn't there it? was a massive uptick 
Um, and c- certain things, you know, like uh, stand-up paddleboarding that became really popular mm. at that time and now are still quite popular, which means that we can access um, parts of the coast that we just couldn't before. Um, yeah, it, and I'm I'm glad that people have, have discovered nature and kind of stuck stuck with it. Yeah, it's a good thing, yeah. isn't it? It's quite a positive yeah. thing as well, yeah. And now, one thing I wanted to ask you this time around, Julie, is that yeah. uh, we've mentioned this before about uh, Canoe Lake in South Sea. Uh, we've seemed to be overrun with swans. I mean, <laughs> somebody actually went out and encountered about 100 of them down there. Oh, really? So there's obviously something in the water. <laughs> well, uh, yes. I mean, I wonder, so swans don't migrate. We have them year-round. Yeah. They're very long-lived species, so they'll live for over a decade easily. Um, in the winter, they don't mind congregating together. Mm. Uh, but when when it comes to breeding, they get really territorial, especially the males. So if you are going to see them in bigger groups, it's going to be in the winter when they're not defending breeding territory yet. Um, also, I mean, I'm just speculating, to be honest, but if there's more than, there than you would normally see... Yeah. Perhaps it's a really good source for food. It might be that somebody's going down there and feeding them. And, I reckon. You know, they're not stupid. They yeah. learn. They <laughs> learn where the food is. Um, but also if other food sources have become unavailable for whatever reason yeah. uh, in the winter, then they might have started congregating there. But, I mean, I'd say just enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they are wonderful creatures anyway, aren't they? And uh, They are, yeah. You know, and fascinating to watch. <laughs> you could sit there just mile the time away and just watch them and have they, uh, you know, yeah. fly and, and that kind of thing. And communicate yeah. oh. as well with each other. Yes, yes. And there's um, they do all sorts of funny things. Like, have you ever seen them hold a foot up onto their back? They do this funny thing where it looks like their leg's broken, but it really isn't. They're just resting it. They yeah. can put one leg literally in the middle of their back and just kind of stick it out. Yeah, I'm, I'll be looking for that now you've said that. But Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> no, I mean, what else can we see this time in January then? Because January's a funny well, month anyway, isn't it? Well, it's, it's a fabulous month, actually. So um, loads of curlews. I've been seeing them dig out worms from the mud, eating crabs. Um, ringed plovers, which... Um, tend to hang out with dunlin. So both dunlin and winged plovers are very small birds, about the size, like smaller than the size of your palm. And they will hang out together in groups. So they just look like little gray birds, but some of them will look like they're wearing a black necklace, and that will be the winged plovers, and the other ones um, will be the dunlin. I've also been seeing uh, a lot of lapwings, like hundreds of lapwings. And these are birds that in the sun, they look sort of emerald green or purple because they have an iridescent uh, feathers on their back. But otherwise, they look almost black and white. And the funniest thing about them, of course, is they have the rounded wingtips when they fly. So in flight, they look black and white as they flap their wings. So if you ever see a flock of birds where it's black one second, white the next, those would probably be lapwing. Turnstone, red shank, green shank, mm. thousands of Brent geese. Yeah, there's loads out there to see. And actually, um, some of my colleagues, I've not been lucky enough, but some of my colleagues have seen great northern divers as well, which are okay. a, a, a proper seabird. Yeah. Um, they don't ever come on land. In fact, their feet are so far back on their bodies, they can't really walk. They can take sort of two or three steps before they fall on their chest. Um, but these guys are, uh, we only see them in the winter. They then disappear 
go off to breed somewhere else because they need freshwater lakes to breathe in. But they're massive um, birds, and it's sort of what in Canada I would call a common loon, which is called a great northern diver here. And, yeah, we've just been seeing a couple of them out on the coast, which is fabulous. But you would probably need binoculars yeah. or a spotting scope to, to see that. It's just cool knowing they're here, really. Absolutely. Are, yeah, yeah. Uh, very nice to, and um, I, I think it was on telly tonight actually about uh, wax wingers or something. Oh, something about wax wings on the telly, is y- Yeah, um, there seem to be a few more of them lurking around, oh. particularly in supermarket car parks. It's a bit <laughs> <laughs> bizarre, really. Interesting. Yeah, wax wings are songbirds, they're not coastal. No. Um, so I, I know what they are, but I couldn't tell you much about them, no. to be honest. No, you see, but, but they're a lovely little bird. Yeah, um, but bizarre, isn't it? Out, why, why did they why say... Supermarket car parks, I've no idea. No, and they if didn't anyone know knows, why. let us know. <laughs> yeah, if anyone knows why there's wax wings hanging out in supermarket car parks. <laughs> <laughs> it's most bizarre, isn't it, really? Absolutely uh, bizarre. But, look, yeah. I mean, Julie, you've got... Um, I mean, the rest of the year, in terms of wildlife, particularly bird awareness, so and all sorts of things people can get involved with at any time of the year. And Absolutely, I'm thinking, yeah. particularly half-term, not too far away. Yeah, so we if you head over to the BirdAware website, you'll find a host of upcoming events, uh, including the BirdAware Art Festival. Uh, and this is just, a lot of it is happening over half term, so if you've got already children, please come along. For example, on February 16th, we're going to be at Royal Victoria Country Park, and we're going to try our hand at bird-themed pebble painting. Okay. If you're uh, if you're RT or even if you're not, there's just loads of events at the moment, so do yeah. do have a look. Okay, and all the details are on the website, aren't they? Like people can get involved. Yes, absolutely. With. So yeah. birdawaresolens.com uh, dot com, and then there's an events tab at the top that you can look at. Fantastic. Judy, look, I mean, your last appearance was thank you for coming on and being with us uh, and sharing all the stories as well. We really do appreciate your time. Uh, and we look forward to whoever takes over from you to come on the programme and uh, and share their stories with us as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's lovely. Great fun. Thanks, Judy. I appreciate your time and love to all there. All right, Judy, we'll be in touch anyway. Thank about you. your replacement. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Cheers, Julie. You take care, lovely. Bye. 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 Oh, bless her. Julie Sims and fantastic from BirdAware Sones. You will find out more information about anything that she's discussed tonight and chatted to us, particularly about the art festival as well, which you can get involved with, as she said there, uh, in February, particularly half term just around the corner. BirdAware.org forward slash Solent is the place to go and you can find all the information you need to know about that.